GateWorld.net presents an exclusive interview with Stargate Atlantis writer Carl Binder. For GateWorld.net, I'm Darren Sumner. I'm here with Carl Binder, yes. writer for Stargate Atlantis. Yes. This is your second year full-time on the show. Tell us a little bit about what brought you here to this office. Uh, well, uh, simply put, what brought me here to this office was Brad Wright, who uh, he and I worked together several years ago on a series called Neon Rider. Uh, we were both starting off, starting out in the uh, in the industry, both story editors on that show. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he went off one way, I went off another, and uh, sort of forged our own paths, and he created this whole franchise. And then uh, uh, about a couple of years ago, he told me that they were going to do the spin-off of Stargate, and is it something I would be interested in? So he sent me the pilot for uh, the Rising episode, the pilot for Atlantis, and I read it, and I said, I'm not really a science fiction writer, so I said, uh, it sounds really interesting. I don't know if I can do it, um, but let me give it a shot by doing a freelance episode. So I came up with some ideas. I pitched one of them, which then became the Before I Sleep episode. Uh And uh, so they flew me up. We worked, you know, broke the story in the writer's room, and I went off and wrote that, and it came out pretty good. And so... He then called me and said, can you do another? So I did Letters from Pegasus. And after I did that script, uh, he called and said, do you want to come on the show? I said, great. So so here I am. So I, 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 you know, obviously I owe my my thanks to him because I don't think anyone would hire me on a science fiction show because I don't have a science fiction pedigree. Now, your background uh, is shows like Dr. Quinn, is that right? Dr. Quinn, uh, before Dr. Quinn, I did uh, the movie Pocahontas for Disney. Mm-hmm. Really? Um, yes, and uh, then I, then after that, I developed, uh, created and developed two shows for the PAX network, uh, one called Little Men, which is kind of like a Dr. Quinn uh, 1800s uh, era show, and then I did a show called Mysterious Ways for PAX and oh, yeah. NBC. It was on NBC for a while there too. So we did 44 episodes of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's, so I've done a little bit of everything. So as an industry veteran coming onto a genre show, what uh, tell us a little bit about the challenges of learning to write science fiction every day. Well, it was terrifying actually um, because I came onto the show last year and the first episode I wrote, it wasn't the first episode that uh, that was produced of mine, uh, but the first script that I wrote coming on staff was Aurora, which was an idea that Brad had and uh, pitched to me, and then um, I worked it out and uh, turned in a first draft, and everyone hated it. (laughs) And then we had a, r- a rather long note session, and then uh, okay, all right, now I'm now okay, now I'm getting it. Now now I'm getting it. So I did the next draft, which went over quite well, mm-hmm. um, and then my next script, condemned, uh, you know, was received a, a little bit better. So it was a matter of, as Robert said when I started, because you know the first month I was sort of walking around here like a zombie, reading these scripts, kind of just this kind of glazed over look on my face. Um, he said, you know, you'll feel overwhelmed, and then at a certain point, you'll be absorbed in the world, and you'll start thinking uh-huh. within the world. Uh-huh. 
and you know if you're a storyteller you're a storyteller and then you just adapt that storytelling skill to the genre to the world that you're you're in so ultimately I, I still feel a bit of a fish out of water in that sometimes when I sit in there with them and they're talking ideas and bouncing around ideas I feel like I'm you know 10 20 steps behind them and have to come in here afterwards and sort of go, well, what were they, okay, 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 slowly, slowly. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, I still feel a little bit behind, but I'm feeling much more comfortable mm -hmm. in the world uh, this year than, than, than last year. Well, you must be if you have four scripts done or you're working on your fourth. Yeah, I ended up doing six last year, which yeah. was a lot, mm -hmm. uh, for me anyway. Um, and. Um, and then, yeah, I've, I've already done three, and I'm, I'm starting on my fourth right now, so it's, uh, yeah, it's a lot. It's almost a sixth of everything. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of nice in that you, you got into this, into this Stargate ball game in the first season of, of Atlantis, um, but then again, you've got seven-plus years previous of the franchise history. Did you have to do any kind of a crash course on this universe, or was it just yes. dinner yes. conversation? Well, actually, I, I wrote an episode in the third thing, third season called Demons, mm -hmm. um, which, uh, you know, it was between, it was right after I finished Dr. Quinn and before going on to do the show Little Men, Brad said, do you have time to do a freelance episode? So I said, sure. So I did the big crash course, then uh, he sent me the stack of all the episodes that they've done and the mythology and it was, you know, it's very overwhelming. Um, then, uh, and that now coming in, the, the thing about Atlantis is, you know, it's still a part of the Stargate mythology, the Stargate universe, but in a way it's, it's a new show starting off, so um, it's a little bit easier. I, writing for SG-1 would be much more difficult because of, because of the 200 episodes mm -hmm. preceding. Um, even these guys, they'll, they'll go, wait a minute, didn't we, what, what was that episode? Didn't we do that? You know, when somebody pitches <laughs> a, a, mm -hmm. a story angle or a scene, wait a minute, that's very much like the scene we did in so-and-so. So, um, yeah, so it's, uh, it's, and that's, why I think, the specific reason why Brad brought me on to Atlantis instead of saying, come on into and do SG-1. So. Well, with 240-some-odd stories out there between the two shows, is it a particular challenge to always get a pitch in there that, that goes through? It's, it's terrifying. I mean, it, it's... it's um, uh, like when I was pitching uh, the first, which then became Before I Sleep, the idea that I pitched was was quite a bit different uh, from what eventually the story turned out to be. Um, but it involved an older weir meeting up, uh, them discovering an older weir inside Atlantis. But the reasons behind it were, were different. But um, every... going off to think of a new idea, you're constantly going, oh, wait a minute, they've done that, they've done that. <laughs> okay, they've done that, but is there a fresh new way? Because, you know, ultimately, there's only a certain, there's certain, you know, very few kind of story types, you know, uh, and in science fiction, they, they're always saying, oh, that's a this, you know, that's, that's this kind of story or that kind of story. Um, I tend to, to gravitate to towards more of the character stories, more, you uh -huh. know, 
smaller episodes, not the big, huge, you know, run and jump kind of episodes. Um, so I'm always trying to think of stories along along those lines. Start from the personal. I like I like moral dilemmas, so uh -huh. I tend to start from the the character and what kind of moral dilemma, and then rely on them to come in with the uh, the more science fiction technical aspect to it. So, but yes, it, it, the answer to the question is it's really, really difficult. It's really difficult for writers who come in to pitch because we sit in on a, I sit on a lot of pitches, and they start pitching, and Brad within you know <laughs> within 20 seconds goes up. Oh, we've had that pitch a thousand times, or we did that story, <laughs> or we you know we don't, uh, and you just think how does anyone come up with anything new or different? Mm. It gets harder and harder. The trappings of such a successful franchise. Yeah, yeah. And ultimately, they end. You know, sometimes you do well. Okay, this is similar to a story we did before, but what's new about this is we're telling it from this angle or from this with this character. So, yeah. Hmm. So tell us a little bit about uh, what is coming so far in season three. Have you have you had a, a good opportunity to write those character moments, those moral ethical dilemmas? Uh, yeah, actually, um, I, uh, the the three that I've done. There's one a very, a very personal uh, episode about Dr. Weir, in which she is thrown into a very unusual and disturbing circumstance, mm -hmm. and it's a very uh, intimate episode about her, mm -hmm. which I've really enjoyed, and I enjoyed because it was an episode that I pitched. Because <laughs> uh -huh. last year, pretty much. Uh, you know, most, if not, I think all of them, were that I wrote were stories that were generated by Brad or Robert, who said, you know, I have this idea. Mm -hmm. You know, why don't you why don't you run with it? And just the go-to guy there. Yeah, and so then I would go off and I'd flush it out, and then then you know, give them the the beats, and you know, they make adjustments. Mm -hmm. But they pretty much, you know, like Critical Mass was, you know, Brad said, mm -hmm. what if there was a bomb on Atlantis? We knew it, and it's about you know figuring out how to dismantle it before it goes off, you know, okay, from that, you know, pitch, let's let's layer in, you know, the rest of it. And that's pretty much how all of them uh, came about. Um, this year, uh, this one that I'm starting now, the fourth episode, and uh, and the Weir episode were two that I, that I came in and pitched, and I'm so very proud of the fact that uh, two, two ideas that were generated from by me are, are making it so, and this one's a. Um, we get into some backstory uh, about Shepard. Uh, this one that I'm starting now, we oh. get into some backstory about Shepard. So, um, so that's good. I, I'm I'm enjoying that. Um, and then the other, well, the Weir story is part of a. You know, we're doing this kind of introducing of a new, uh, of a new villain uh -huh. uh, into the show. It's not really a two-parter. But it's two episodes that will air back to back, and in which one leads into the other. Um, but they, I think, they both stand on their own as two separate episodes. The second of which is the Weir story that I was talking about. So, um, but and then the then the third one, which we're shooting right now. I don't know if you've been down to the set to see uh, <laughs> Richard Kind and and no, uh, not seen it yet, but uh, we know about it. A little. Yeah, he's guesting in an episode. It's a lighter one. It's this uh, is irresistible. Yeah. 
yeah. It's uh, I think it was uh, Robert who who first pitched it to the group, and then Brad was gonna write it, but then got um, you know, it was too busy with with everything else, so he then passed it off to me, and then I, so I wrote the the teleplay for it, and then Brad did his his pass that just punched up the humor and the, and <laughs> especially the the main character, and it's just a great. A lot of fun. The cast is having a great time doing it, and uh, <laughs> so we're all looking forward to that one. So that was nice because you know the last few episodes that I've done have been pretty heavy and serious, and it was nice to do one that were was just more of a lighter, fun uh-huh. episode. Will the the weir episode give us a chance to see Elizabeth when she's away from her job? See what she's like. Not just her backstory and her past, but her present life that's when she's not in the control tower. Yes. <laughs> yes, we'll very, we, we will very much get to see Dr. Weir in a different environment, in a, in a different side of her. Um, so. That's so. needed. Yeah, yeah. I think you know now's now's the time that we're going to start seeing more. And that, that's I, that's what I love about this season so far is we're doing some episodes where we're going to really you know um, really get into some see some additional layers to our characters. Okay. Um, we're doing a uh, Martin wrote a great McKay episode um, that's coming up where we learn about more about his family and his uh, his mm-hmm. relationships and. and uh, a little bit more of what makes him tick, which is, which will be great. And he's always he does the great McKay episodes. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so, which is your favorite so far of either the ones that you've written or that have come from the other guys in the office? Well, you'll see a pattern developing in 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 the my favorite episodes. I, I really liked uh, like from last year. Uh, I really liked Duet. I really liked. Grace Under Pressure. Uh-huh. Uh, of, of the ones I did, my favorites were Michael and uh, Critical Mass. Um, I like those episodes that are more about, you know, more about character and, and uh, you know, more the personal uh, kinds of episodes. What else I, were my favorites? I, I really liked Instinct. Um, I thought, uh, that was a really interesting episode. Mm-hmm. The first of the retrovirus uh-huh. yes. episode. It became um, a very significant ongoing plot point in season two. Yeah. Does that persist into season three? Uh, uh, partially, yeah. Mm. We, we will. Yeah, we have to tie up some loose ends. Mm. Well, many fans are wondering if we uh, will be meeting the creators of the Hot Zone virus a year and a half after they were they were hinted at back in season one. Can uh, uh, you shed any light on this? Yes, there's a good there's a good chance we will find out who is responsible for it. Does it have anything to do with weir that weir story? Uh, you know what? Let's just let's just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. always that juggling Excellent. act. It's how how much to how yeah. much to to uh-huh. say how much to give away. <laughs> the mystery will be uh, revealed though. Y- y- yeah, yeah, good. Uh, with the Wraith now fighting amongst themselves in their civil war, Earth has all these battleships. We have uh, the Orion, the ancient warship. How big of a threat would you say that the Wraiths still are to us in the new season? They are still a very big 
threat and will continue to be a very big threat. Um, as I said, we're introducing a new villain, which kind of makes things even more problematic for us. Uh, so, um, but yeah, no, they're 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 nowhere nowhere close to being defeated yet. <laughs> Is there one story that you've been bouncing around in your mind that you haven't gotten to tell in the Stargate universe yet? No. No, um, because the one that I did want want to do, which is that that weird one that I was telling you about, I, I I actually pitched to Brad last year, and he said, okay, it's interesting, but it's uh, we're not ready for it yet, hmm. and so I didn't know if that was his polite way of saying not a good I- not a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> so this year at the beginning of the season, when I when we all gathered again. Uh, Everybody was saying, you know, what, what are your ideas? What are your ideas? And uh-huh. they, they got to me, and I said, well, you know, I'd really like to do that one that I pitched last year. And this time they were like, okay, well. And we now have a context in which we can tell that story that we didn't have last year. Uh-huh. So probably why he held it off. Probably, you know, he's got, he's got a, you know, he's got a, he's got it all in his head, you know, <laughs> and so you. Uh, he he knows when the right time is for each, and sometimes you'll you want to do something else. Say no, not yet, and you go okay. Well, just trust it. He's got it this far. He's he's uh, ten seasons of SG One, three of Atlantis. He he knows what he's doing. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kevin Smith, and this is GateWorld.net, your complete guide to Stargate. Wormhole disengaged.